You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Be opening your Bibles back now into Ephesians. Held off on it last Sunday because of the weather and not sure what we would have by way of people being able to be here, it's a low Sunday, but we had a good number of folks here for the kind of weather we had. So we're back in Ephesians now, Ephesians chapter 5. I appreciated the uh, crew that was out last night. I know we had a group of carolers that left the church here last night, came by our house and, and uh, sang some good carols, left some cinnamon rolls and um, popcorn. That was, that was pretty good. I don't know which one I enjoyed the most. <laughs> no, the songs were really good, and I appreciated that good spirit. That was, that was a blessing. So, in Ephesians, guys, uh, those of you that have been with us for um, a while are somewhat familiar with the territory that we've kind of crossed over in Ephesians and what um, God's trying to do. He used the Apostle Paul to do some, um, some real amazing things for the church, and if you remember the first three chapters of Ephesians was all doctrinal. Uh, it kind of gave the, um, the um, uh, again, the doctrine, the, the, the do's and the don'ts, so to speak. It showed us who we were in Christ, what he's done for us. And, uh, and then he gets into those last three chapters of the book of Ephesians and says, now here's how you live it out. This is the way Christianity is supposed to look. And again, if, if you were in a church and if you would looked uh, through a church door and watched a church in action, uh, this is the way a church really ought to look. These are the things they ought to be doing, and it's how when Christ works through a person's life, this is the way they are acting as Christians. And um, so hopefully we've come today with an open heart and a yielded heart and let the Lord try to talk to you, uh, because a, a church is really only as good as the individual's that are sitting in the service, and as you work on these things as an individual, then we as a whole become a whole lot better as a congregation to reach out into uh, the city of Sioux Falls. So, um, so we've talked about, we've gotten down to a point where um, Paul is trying to help the church to know how they, uh, what their walk ought to look like. They ought to walk in love. They should walk in light. I want us to look this morning at one of the other ways he tells us that Christians are supposed to walk and, um, and again, as we are trying to serve God as a body of believers, as we live our lives throughout the week, out in the workforce or with our families, here's what he says to us here today in verse, and we're only going to do a few verses this morning. Actually, I'm going to back up to verse 13, and we'll go down to verse 17. Chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So he shows us things from the light of the word. And then verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now verses 15 to 17 are the new verses we've not read yet, but if you tie in those other previous verses, it really brings the context right into what he's trying to say. Now in verse 15, here's the new walk. Uh, command. See then that ye walk circumspectly, a word we don't use very often, but I'm going to do my best to explain it. It's very simple. 
uh, and, and it's a word that God wants every Christian to be living by, but see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, he said. And then verse uh, 16 and 17, redeeming the time because the days are evil, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, really important wording, and everything that he commanded for us, uh, he gave us a solution for it, right in the verses that followed right after that. If we could learn how to follow that, guys, I believe that every Christian here could leave and could live your life circumspectly, whatever that means, all right? So we'll talk about it here in just a moment. Let me have prayer, and then I'll get into the message. God, again, thank you for letting us be in your house today. And um, I want to thank you, Lord, as a pastor, but then just as a Christian, that you give such clear and distinct instructions on how we need to live and walk in this Christian life. So please uh, open our eyes of understanding. If we're, if we're tired this morning, God, help us to be more attentive and just uh, give attention to what you're saying in the Word of God here today. I need your blessing and your anointing, and I'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Um, my wife knows that my mom was a really good cook. I, she made all kinds of things. One of her favorites that I loved, she would make an apple cake. And it had this cream cheese icing over the top, which cream cheese, honestly, is what manna uh, probably is from heaven. Uh, at least it was coated in that, if nothing else. Cream cheese icing is so good. Um, and, uh, and I love that. And, and it, uh, mom would have uh, lots of recipes, and we had lots of people over and I remember people saying to my mom, uh, and her name was Marie, but they would call her Re. Re, can you give me that recipe? She goes, oh, it's really simple. I can't tell you how many times I heard my mom say something like this. You just, I just put a, a little bit of this in there and, and a pinch of that. And then I you know, put a little a dab, a spoonful or so of this. And then you know, a cup of this and that. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, sometimes people can get it that way. But most of the time, they do not get that. I, I hate it when people say, well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. My stuff would always turn out like that fifth grade science project that looked like that volcano that uh, comes flowing up out of the, the top of the volcano. If I tried a little pinch of this, my pinches are bigger than mom's pinches and a little dab of this and a little dab of that. And so somebody would just say, Ray, don't you just have a recipe? Can you just let me, you know, go into that little... What's that old Betty Crocker book they used to have? Is that the old red checkered book that some of you still have in the cupboard? Hadn't been open for years, but it looks really good in there. And uh, so she would open that up or she had a little box, those three by five cards, and would give the recipe. And if you follow a recipe the way it says, things can turn out, really, they can turn out pretty, pretty good. We had, uh, um, we had a, one, a restaurant in town, it wouldn't be fair to name them right now, but we used them for a Valentine banquet and and they always did so good on their food, and the food was delicious, it really was, um, until you got to the salad, and I had poured their dressing on the salad, and I ate that, and I about fell over. I couldn't figure out where the salt was coming from. It was so salty. I mean, like really, really salty. And I kept eating this, and I would eat that, trying to figure out what it was, and then when I got to the salad, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and I went to the guy that was helping cater this meal for us. It was a Valentine banquet. And, um, and I told him, I said, something's not right with this dressing. And he, man, I saw him running around making phone calls. And he goes, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. He said, the guy that made the, they made their own dressing. He said, it takes like 
you know, four cups of sugar to, and then mix it with all these other ingredients, and he had mistaken salt for the sugar. <laughs> all right? So it's really important that you put the right ingredients. Anybody say an amen to that? So, um, you know, you try doing that little, a little pinch of this, a little dab of that on a minefield. Now, I've read about, and I even this week heard about a guy telling about a guy in some kind of a, one of the armed forces that had uh, come upon a, a minefield. I hope everybody knows what the mines are. It's, it's a bomb hidden by dirt and branches and stuff. And when, when you're you know, walking through a field unsuspectingly, uh, you'll step on a mine and of course it blows up and at best you, you lose a limb and at worst it'll take your life and others around you. So they'd found that they'd come upon a minefield and, and they sent out, uh, you know, the, the guy, the, uh, I don't know what you call the guy that does the inspecting. Uh, I would call him crazy, but uh, they would send that guy out. You know, he'd have to find the mines and he would have to, what he would do, would put a little flag or a, a tag beside that so, you know, once he's got this entire field or the area that they needed to get their troop through, they, would, they could look and say, there's the markers, there's, there's that flag, there's that flag, and if I, if I walk real carefully, if I don't get too, uh, you know, haphazard in what I'm doing, I should be able to get through this minefield and I, I, would, I would be okay. But if you got a guy that says, oh, it don't matter, if you think one's over there, you know, put a flag here, that's pretty close, that's close enough, you know. Come on. I mean, that doesn't work on a minefield. You've you, you got people's lives that are at stake. And if you're going to be a, a help and a blessing to somebody, make the markers clear and distinct. It's very important. And if you can look into the Word of God here this morning, that's exactly what God was trying to say to the Christian. When the Bible says to walk circumspectly, it's exactly the idea of a guy putting markers along the way to show you, don't go in this path, but here is, it's very clearly marked. There's no warning, danger signs here. Matter of fact, there might even be a strip of tape that shows you walk on this path, but don't go in these areas because it can literally can take the life of you or your friend, your buddy that's beside you. So here's what God says about walking circumspectly. It has to be exact. It has to be distinct. It's exactly the way God gives it to us. If we're willing to do that, guys, life gets really good and lots of fun. And you can get on your way. Families grow up to be good, strong, healthy families. The individual Christian life is, uh, you look at somebody that's trying to walk circumspectly, and you can tell they've had some issues in life, but they're walking in a way that is pleasing. And you, you're like, I'd like to be uh, like that person. When a person determines I'll walk the way God uh, uh, laid out for me, when he's laid out the markers, when he showed me where the minefield is and, and the mines are marked clearly, and even a path cut for me, life gets real good. Churches work really good. You walk into a church like that when people are walking circumspectly. Now here's a, here's a danger sign. Can you please hear this? Some people, when you walk circumspectly, you're looking around for the danger and you're making sure I don't go in this area and that area. Sometimes you become inspectors and that's all you become. Matter of fact, you find problems with other people and you become judgmental and you're not the kind of person that really people would like to be around. But if you're having a walk with God and your fellowship with Him and you know you've got weaknesses as well, when you identify a place and God has shown us in His Word places where we should and should not go, 
then, then avoid those places and get on the right path. And be an encouragement to somebody. Don't be a finger pointer and always trying to point out where people are walking wrong and you need to be doing this and you should be doing that. If you're a mom and a dad, that's one thing with your children or a very close friend who you have their ear. But uh, circumspectly is critical in a church, in your family and in your individual life. So how does God tell us how to do that? Number one, don't walk like a fool walks. It's really very simple the way he describes it. Look in verse 15 again. See then that you walk circumspectly. That's, that's the new walk. That is the way I'm supposed to be walking in light, in love. Uh, and now circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I mean, guys, only a fool lives his life guessing or trying to feel his way through life. You know, you try to tell someone about the Lord, and I, you know, I, 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 I heard, I've heard about God, I, 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 but I really don't need to hear about that, and, 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 you know, he's just not a part of my life. And you tell people about the minefield, you know, hell. <laughs> I mean, how big of a marker do you put for that, for people to hear and to see and understand? But uh, they don't want anything to do with that. Don't start showing me markers in my life. You're being judgmental about me, but a Christian who loves one another and has a sincere desire to see the lost man come to know the Lord is not being judgmental. We want to see you, brother, come to know Christ as your Savior and not miss out on, you know, the glory of heaven. Only a fool lives his life guessing or just kind of feeling his way through life. Now, we've seen lost men that do that, men and women. But I've seen Christians, I've seen Christians saved, know the Lord as their Savior, and they have two or three markers that they live by. But guys, they just go traipsing through the minefields after that. Uh, I, they, don't, they don't want uh, somebody telling them how to live their life. They've either got a lot of insecurities in their life. They grew up with whatever, who knows what. And, and now people directed my life when I was a little child. But now I can determine how I live my life today. And guys, I understand that. But when you take the Word of God... And you understand that the Word of God does point out the markers and shows you the minefields for you to determine, I can live my life the way I want to live my life and I don't need your thumb down on top of me is a very dangerous way to live your life. You're going to run into the mines. You're, you're going to find those things in life that will blow up on you and destroy you or a family or friends or whatever it might be. Only a fool lives his life guessing or feeling his way through life. A fool is a man who walks without reason, a man who lacks real biblical understanding. He's not been in the Word of God. And when he does, like if it's in a church service, maybe like this, uh, it just doesn't mean a lot to them. It, they, it could go in that one ear and out the other. It's not that big of a deal to them. So that's the way a fool lives his life. And sure, it may have seemed like a good plan or, or a good recipe to them, but it has a very devastating effect. Proverbs 14, 12, you guys can quote it with me. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. Living the life the way I want to live my life, not heeding the warning signs, which is the Word of God, the direction that God wants you to live your life, thinking it's not that big a deal and I can just do it my way is a very, very dangerous way to live our life. Well, God's writing this to Christians today. 
God's not writing this to lost men, though it, it applies definitely to a lost man. God says to the churches, God says to the Christian, you don't walk like a fool walks. Don't walk like a man who's trying to just, you know, well, it just feels like it would be right to do it this way, or, or I don't think that this should be like this. I think it ought to be like this, and there's a way that seems right to you, friend, but the end thereof can be the ways of death or destruction. And God says, I've made it very plain. It's really very simple. I've got all the markers here for you. If you'll just listen to what I'm telling you, life gets really good when you learn to walk the way the Word of God says. Walk circumspectly. Psalm 14.1, the fool hath said in his heart, what does he say? There is no God. Why is he a fool? Because there's no bigger marker than hell. I mean, there's no bigger marker and red flashing lights that if a man dies without Jesus Christ, he goes into a devil's hell. I mean, you know that man's lived his life foolishly. You know, just kind of walking through life doing what I want to do. And, and, and again, don't preach to me. Don't tell me about this stuff or that stuff. But the Word of God is true. God loves us and gives us those markers to avoid a devil's hell. That man's going to suffer greatly at the end of his life for living the way he thinks life ought to be lived. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel, where do you get counsel? The word of God. He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. 26.11, as a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. And then, then 28.26 says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Did you hear that? He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. You trying to tell me that God's given me plenty of warning in the Bible? Exactly. And you're you're trying to tell me if I, if I follow what he says, I, I'll have, I have a really good life? That's exactly what God says. Well, well you know, you, you may think that's good for you, but it's just, it's just not good for my life. I've heard people say, I, I've been in church many times. I was raised in church, and I, and I watched this happen to my mom and dad. I've heard that many times. Or, or this happened to me. I grew up in a youth department, and some person came to me, and they said this, or they acted this way toward me. And I know I'm saved, and I know I'm on my way to heaven, but... I'm going to have to just live my life the way I want to live my life, and I don't want that church life telling me what to do or you know, shoving the Bible back in my face anymore. Can I just read it again? Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. You try to do it your own way, friend, I promise you. It's not going to end up good. For the Christian today, you think you can go through this life and, and just... You know, a little bit of God, a little dab of this, a little pinch of that. You know, I, I can get this life all figured out. I don't need to have it exactly the way they preach it at church all the time or just exactly like the Bible. I mean, a little bit of God and a little bit of me. You don't say those words, but that's what you mean. Well, I'm just telling you, friend, the Bible says you're walking like a fool. And what did Paul say to us here this morning? Verse 15, look at it again, look at it. See then that ye walk, this is a command of God, walk circumspectly, exactly. That's what it means to walk exactly. Not as fools, but as wise. To be circumspect, it comes from two different words that means, listen to this, two different words that mean look around. 
So if you're going to walk circumspectly, it's like the minefield. I watch or I walk very carefully. I'm looking around. I I see the markers that God has placed out there. I'm not going to do this in my life. I won't do this with my family. I'm not going to do this at the house of God. Uh, But here is the way, you know, that I am supposed to walk in. I'm going to walk in that path. No, I I can't go there. Friends want me to go here. No, I'm sorry, I can't go there. Something for me to read. No, that's not the kind of thing I need to be reading. Something pops up on a TV screen or a a screen that you watch on some other media. uh, And and you know it's not befitting of a Christian's life uh, using God's name in vain and the the nudity and on and on. And, And friend, it's rampant out there. You need to determine this is not the way I'm supposed to go. That's a minefield for me. This can destroy my life. It looks like such a good path, but if you're going to stay on that path, friend, you are in danger. And if you're living your life that way today, you've got to determine God's trying to save my life. Uh, God's trying to help me in this life to walk in a way that I'm happy and I've got the joy of the Lord in my life. God's trying to help us to do that. We have to stop being so foolish and stubborn with my own life. Just going by the Word of God here and let God lead my life. If I'm going to be circumspect, if I'm going to look around and walk exact and distinctly, not haphazardly, just the way I want to live my life, if I'm going to be distinct, I have to, number one, don't walk like a fool walks. Number two, uh, then to walk circumspectly or with exactness means then to walk wisely. That's pretty simple walk wisely. Again, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay. The best definition of wisdom, if I'm going to walk in wisdom, the best definition for that is found in God's own word, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So to walk in wisdom then would be to walk according to the recipe or according to the word of God. Not a little bit of this, a little bit of that, the way I want to live my life. No, what does God's Word teach me? Daily, I'm in the Word of God and I'm just begging God, Lord, it's a minefield out there and and my family's going to be destroyed. I'm going to be destroyed. Work is a tough place. I don't know how to walk the walk. So would you show me in the Word of God? And every day God will shed light on the Word of God and will help you, friend, to know how to walk wisely. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. I'm going to walk by the word of God. Um, I'm going to try to make that as simple as I can. Some people have said, you know, preacher, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And here I am a dad. And I had a dad that was the worst kind of dad you could ever have. Uh, Some of you would say I didn't even have a dad. And when he did show up, he was drunk. He would beat mom. You've heard the stories like I have. So now they're the Christian, and they're in the home, and they're, they're trying to be that good Christian daddy or, or, or mommy, uh, wife, whatever it might be. And you say, I just I didn't have a good pattern. I don't, I don't know how to live a life. When people resort back to what they learned as a child to begin parenting, and guys, that's what 90% of us do. They say, I don't even have the pattern in front of me. Well, I will tell you this. It's in the Word of God. And God can show you exactly how to be a good daddy and a good mom, a good husband or a good wife, a good child to my parents. God can show you how to do that. It's all in the Word of God. Very clear. Stay away from this and and, and do this. 
And you may not have seen it in action at your house, but it, it's what good parenting really looks like. Let me, let me give you three words. I want to try to make this as simple as possible. There's three things that God tells you over and over and over and over again in the Bible to get with everything you've got. I think it's Proverbs 4, maybe 7. Um, tells you to, to, to get wisdom and get understanding. With all thy getting, get that understanding. He drives over and over again. Wisdom and knowledge and an understanding heart. So if I'm going to walk in wisdom, what is wisdom? You say, well, I'm just not really smart. I don't have that kind of wisdom. I'm not real smart. I'm not real knowledgeable. Please listen. Wisdom does not mean to be knowledgeable. A wise man can be very knowledgeable or he can, you know, some people would say, you know, dumb as a bucket of rocks. Some people, I've heard that in description, but, but he's really wise in how he lives his life. How can that be? To not have a lot of knowledge, but you're really wise. What's really good is when you have knowledge and wisdom working together. Here's what knowledge is. Knowledge is just information. I can look out and I can say I see people in red and blue and purple and black and I can see uh, I, I, the color of pews. I, I know we have fans going here today and I know the women are not happy about that. This is all pieces of knowledge that I learn when I come to church. Um, so knowledge, does that make me a, a, a really wise man? Not at all. I've seen some really knowledgeable men that were really dumb in what they believed and how they lived their life. Okay, I have a piece of knowledge. Here's what understanding is. Understanding says, with all that knowledge that I see, I know that if I do this, I'll get this action or reaction, or if I do that, I'll get this or that reaction. This would be a good thing if it happened this way. This would be a bad thing if it happened that way. That is an understanding heart. You know what's right and wrong. Here's wisdom. You're still not wise yet. You can have knowledge and you can have uh, an understanding heart and you can still be minus the wisdom. Here's what wisdom is. Wisdom is like, I see that, that's knowledge. And if I do this, this is going to happen, that's bad. But if I do that, that's going to happen, that's good. Here's what wisdom is. Wisdom takes the step forward and says, I'm going to do the good thing. Wisdom is the one that moves into and does what he knows is right to do. It puts you into action, doing the right things. Uh, Knowledge is helpful. Get all the knowledge you can and get all the understanding you can from the Word of God that will show you what's right and wrong in this life to do. When you walk away from the Word of God and you get out in the workplace or you're, you're with your family or your friends now, you're now in life, now... When you choose to do what you know is the right thing to do is when you become a wise man. Wisdom is developed when you make right choices. So God's saying to us this morning, number one, don't walk as a fool. Walk uh, in wisdom. Walk as a wise man. In other words, get out there and start doing what you know is the right thing to do in life. It's time for Christians to live like Christians. That's what he says. Do the right thing. Uh, yeah, avoid the minefield, avoid the red flags, get on the path that shows you where the right way to go is, and begin doing those things that are right to do. That's a wise man that will do that. That's what the Lord's trying to say to us. Thirdly, God gets very, very specific with how this is supposed to be. 
God tells us just how exact we are supposed to live our life. Right there in verse 16, if you'll drop back down there in the Bible, Ephesians 5. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To redeem means to purchase. means to buy it up. And what God is saying to us here is this. Purchase every minute of life and use it wisely. You only have so much of time. I mean, if you, if you run out of uh, ice cream, you can go down the store and buy more ice cream. Amen? Uh, you run out of stuff that you really like to have at the house, you can go down and get more of that. But once you're done with a minute of time, you'll never be able to get that minute back ever again. Now listen, but you've got to give an account for that minute. You will give an account for every uh, moment that we live out our lives. God is saying to us, I've only given you, everybody in this world lives in a capsule called time. This is the only place where time happens. Because when you die, you step outside of time and now you're into eternity that goes forever and ever. And tucked inside this capsule where all of us live our lives out are those little increments called seconds and minutes and hours and days and months and years. And the, the way you determine to live out every minute God gives to me will determine what your life will be like. Somebody said, you know, on a, on a tombstone, they've got, you know, here lies so-and-so, the year, you know, some of them 1800 and something, and some of them go all the way up to 1900 and something, but they have this little dash in between. And they say the, the dash in between is what really determines their life. It's what happened between this date and this date, the dash in the middle. And that's so true. God looks down upon Eastside Baptist Church and every person sitting here right now and says you're going to give an account for every idle word that you speak. That's the word of God. Every idle word that you speak, God said that you're going to give an account for that. So every word uh, to the teenagers, when you go in your bedroom and mom and dad have told you you've got to do this, you go in your bedroom and slam the door and God's listening to every word that you say after the door slams. Some of you don't even wait to get in uh, other side of the door. You just do it right in front of mom and dad now. I can't believe that. <laughs> Somebody said uh, America used to be a place where uh, the parents told their kids what to do and now America is a place where the kids tell their parents what to do. Sadly, we've reached that place. But here's the truth of the matter. Mom and dad, when you're out with friends and when you're at work, when you're at home with your spouse or with your children, wherever you're at, every idle word, you'll give an account for that. Well, if I'm going to give an account for every word I say, then everything, every minute, every moment of my time is really critical to God. Let me show you some other verses like... Um, um, Ecclesiastes 12, 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. If God's looking at every work that I do, hey guys, if he's watching everything that I've done, if my every action is being recorded, read the end of the book of Malachi. It talks about a book of remembrance that God is writing and will remember everything that's been done in this lifetime. 
If God records every work that I've ever done, if right now, while we're sitting here in church, God is recording your mindset. I know you're sitting here, but I don't know where your brain really is. I don't know where your attention really is. But God knows that. And God's recording all these things and and knows what your attitude and your actions and how you spend your every living moment. Say, goodness, that's pretty detailed. Every minute I gotta I gotta make sure I'm giving an account of God for every minute. Well, just determine that I'm gonna live my life for God. Wake up in the morning and say, God, I dedicate my life to you. And then so, Lord, help me as I'm going through my day. Um, even in our leisure moments when we just sit down, kind of lean back in the chair. You say, oh, I'm wasting my minutes, aren't I? Well, there's times where you need to relax and come apart before you come apart, they say, and, and let the Lord give rest to the body and so forth. It's just that choose to live your life in a right way and determine my life is not going to be lived haphazardly just however i want to do it you know the, the old saying case sera, sera, whatever will be will be uh, that's just the way life is and uh, and uh, what are you doing today oh i don't know just kind of walking around doing whatever pops up i mean guys that's a dangerous way to live your life and god tells us redeem the time because the days are evil <clears throat> look out there and see what's happening to our world look what's happened to america politically guys Look what's uh, happened with the, the factions in our country that are at each other and the lives that are literally being taken over the way our country is being lived. Look what's happening in our homes today, guys. Look what's happening amongst uh, Christianity today. I mean, the devil loves that. The times are evil. The devil's trying to rake everything in that he possibly can. It's time that the Christian stands up and determines, I can't live my life like this. I'm watching the way the world's doing it. It's not the way I'm going to live my life. I want my life to amount to something for God. And when I stand before a holy God, I want him to know. You say, I want to hear him say, well done. If you want him to say, well done, then live it out in a good way. Determine that, you know, look at your life right now and ask yourself, am I living my life in a way that just shows me running through the minefields? I don't care what happens. I, I'm tired of listening to whatever this and this and this might be. Is that the way you're living your life right now? Or are you willing to honestly stop and say, I can't live like this. I've seen so many catastrophes that have happened and too many explosions in this uh, friend's life or whatever it might be. I've got to learn to sh walk the right way so I can show them the right way. The days are evil around us. And God is looking for a, a church, a congregation who, he said it earlier in those verses up there, it's time that we awake out of the sleep and wake up and understand somebody needs me to be the light for them. Walk circumspectly. Walk exactly. Know what God has to say about this and that action in my life. And then live that way. Life gets really, really good. Honestly, it gets happy. It gets exciting when I determine I'm not going to live like that any longer. That's a miserable life. My life is just uh, grinding when I choose to live like that. I'm going to tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take somebody being willing to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And just say, I've been wrong. This is not right. These are not the ways that God's told me how to live my life. And I want to lay that down before God in confession and ask God to forgive me. And, and, and he's shown me in his love those minefields and those dangerous places. I'm going to get back on the path. Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth and the, and the life. I'm going to start living for God. I'm going to let God run my life. 
I'm going to let him show me how I should live my life. You've heard me give this testimony before. When I was nine years old, what I did not realize that I'd spent nine years living my life the way I wanted to live my life. You say, you lived in a strict household. Your mom and dad was strict disciplinarians, and they were. I know what a switch was. I knew what a, a whooping was. I still know what that is. And they made me live that way. I was made to live like a Christian. But when I saw God and I felt God convicting my heart about my sin and I knew I was a lost man because I was a sinner and I realized it wasn't just everybody else in church that was sinners, now it's Philip Spencer. God convicted me so heavily and I realized if I'd have died that day, I'd been running through life on the minefield and I'd have gone straight into hell without Jesus Christ. And God came along and showed me the way the truth and the life. I got off the minefield. I got onto the path of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, it's been, it's been the best life I've ever lived in my life. I want to tell you, if you're here today without Jesus Christ, if you died today, you're running through a minefield, friend, and one day it's going to take you right into eternity. You're going to step out of this little capsule called time, and you'll be in eternity. And in eternity, everything is settled once and for all. It really is. If you're not saved this morning, you need to be saved. You need to let God change your life. He's shown us the markers. He's shown us Calvary. I mean, how much bigger of a marker do you need uh, at a time like this than to know that the God of heaven sent his son to die for my sin there on Calvary? And if I would meet him at Calvary in repentance and turn to the Lord, God would save your soul today. I hope you'd let him do that. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. Your heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.